Welcome to another episode of Spock Sports Show, sponsored locally through Barbary Law Firm. It's a look at everything sports here in the mid-Michigan area. And now, here's your host, Chris Spockman. Chris Spockman catching up with Coach Mack a day late because sometimes AD Mack has got to take precedence to these interviews. Thanks so much for catching up with me again, Coach. Uh, Friday night, 42-22 over TC West, and I got to make the joke. Seems to be your number this year. You know, it's the third time you guys have put up 42 this year and have all been in wins. Um, how good is this offense playing right now? Speaking of that, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, they're, they're, we're 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 playing well. Um, you know, when you have a, a second year starter at quarterback who also is a talented player, um, but Logan's been able to do a lot of things mentally for us that makes us a lot more efficient, check into plays and see things. And so anytime in high school football when you can run the best play for the defense you see at that moment, that gives you a big advantage regardless of your ability to block and do all those other things. I mean, if you schematically have an advantage on a play, and so a lot of times as a coach you're always trying to put yourself in that position as a play caller, but now they might do something you weren't ready for, and now you're stuck with a play, right? When Logan has the ability to kind of get us in the best play a lot, um, which has helped us. And, um but, yeah, our offense has been playing well. I, I, I think we challenged some guys the last couple of weeks to keep getting better, and those guys have started to do that. Um, I was happy with the way Kale ran the ball. I think a little more explosive um, hitting the hole kind of thing that we've been working on. And, um, yeah, the offensive line is getting better each week. And so, um, yeah, and the offense had to carry us a little bit, right? Um, Charles C. West did some was physical, and we struggled to line up correctly a couple times on defense. And, and they, they moved the ball on us. I think we gave up 300 yards rushing, which hasn't happened in a while around here. So, Yeah, and a couple of months of big chunk plays. And, you know, people are going to look at that score and not realize how good T.C. West was. You know, they came down and scored, made it 6-0. They had you guys go three and out. They were marching it right down again, and then it was Johnny Rubio, a big fourth down sack to turn them over on downs. What was your thoughts, you know, after going three and out, giving them the ball back 6-0? <laughs> well, my thoughts at the moment, like, oh, we're gonna lose this game. You know, <laughs> I'm always a pessimist. Um, you know, I'm, I was and I was just, I don't know, I was probably losing my mind because we couldn't line up right on defense. But um, you know, I mean, we're that's the been a continued struggle for us to communicate properly on defense to get in the race. It's the same thing I just said about offense, right? If you can adjust and line up appropriately to the formation on offense and put yourself in the best position to be effective defensively, it gives yourself an advantage. And we've done that traditionally around here and. Right now, we're, we had a little bit of struggle with that um, on Friday. And some of that was the weather, right? They're kind of more of a traditionally a little bit more of a spread team. But the weather kind of forced both of us to kind of go to a little more packed-in formations. And so we had to make some adjustments. I thought really when we once we made the adjustments defensively, I thought our defense played pretty well um, after that. Um, but gave up the big play, that big quarterback draw. That was that was a really hard one because we had him, I think, third and long and and we had played really well up until that point. Yeah, I think both of his long touchdowns yep, were, on, yep. were on third down and longs. And, you know, they lost their starting quarterback earlier in the year, too, and it's one of those I look at that team out there, and it's like, man, if they got that starting quarterback out there, you probably move the QB out to a wide receiver. We saw how explosive he, he was. You know, that team that could, could have been, well, when you lose your starting quarterback, a lot of you know a lot of bad things can happen. And talking more about the offense, four touchdowns in the second quarter. Um, how often do you remember that happening? Wow, really? I, well, cause, yeah, cause, this cause, is why I like doing this interview with you. Yeah, you, you tell yeah. me things that I didn't even we went, realize. We went into the second quarter, and the first two plays of the second quarter were the two east and day, east oh, and yeah. day. And so, and so, you know, put you guys up, or I, I, that eventually put you up. But, yeah, talk about going into the second quarter, and then four touchdowns, one quarter. It doesn't happen very often in high school football. No, no, it doesn't. And um, But I think a lot of that was just we were able to kind of settle in, um, figure out with the weather what we could and couldn't do, um, you know, 
kind of remind ourselves of things we saw in film that we wanted to try that maybe we hadn't done yet. Um, and so once we kind of settled into that, um, we were able to make some big plays. And, yeah, a lot of our stuff came off big plays, right? I mean, Easton and then Caleb's long run on the option and some, yeah. And, and that's why you're able to do the 28 like that. And, and a lot of this is about our defense settling in also in the second quarter. Um, Heibel and I were both kind of cheesing over a couple of Riley Olson plays that were kind of back-to-back on the, you know, you talk about that Newbecker run. He had a third down where he kind of came back, he caught the football, he had his back, you know, about three yards from the sticks and kind of, like, carried a couple, had no business getting that first down is really the only way I could yep. put it, picked it up, and then it was a play or two later, and this is why I love calling the games with Heibel. He notices those things that I don't notice from the ball. As Newbecker's going 44 yards, he says Riley Olson just had one of the best blocks he's ever seen from a wide receiver. He said took him about 15 yards down the field. Uh, you know, talk about that play. How, or, or I guess, what do you enjoy more as a coach from your wide receiver? That extra effort on third down or that block? Well, I guess I expect both. But <laughs> no, I, yeah, both those. And, and Brett was right about both of them. He kind of spun down the sideline and 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 forced himself into getting that first down. That was a big play. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then on that option route, we had a blocking scheme on that he had to come down and block their outside linebacker. And he started as a kind of a double team, I think, um, with Easton or maybe even with um, Carter. But uh, he just locked in and, and like he's right drove him about 10 yards down the field and that was a really big block on that play that helped spring that for a touchdown and so you, you're not going to pick one of those though you know kind of yeah I, well i mean <laughs> i think i like the block yeah, all right because right. getting wide receivers to block is a challenge every year so and one of the other big points of the game where things kind of turned um was the punt you know where their big guy was back there at brunin who's going to i think uh army to play football yep. next year he went down and, and had his knee down on the ground, and it was one of those initial plays where when they first blew the whistle, you know, Heimel and I kind of look at each other, and then you realize that was actually a really good call by the official. He yep. had his knee down. Yep. You know, uh, talk yep. a little I bit. Could of, you hear, seen that before? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen that before, and I could hear my dad screaming at me in the headset. You know, <laughs> he's down. I'm, I'm watching the punk because I didn't – He's down, he's down, he's down. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, he's down. Okay. So, yeah. And, yeah, I've seen that before. That happens when you have a low snap sometimes. You actually put your knee down. That 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 was a really big uh, momentum changer in the game for sure. And now, how big was that late second quarter TD? You guys were up 21-7. They're able to come down and get a late second quarter touchdown to make it 21-14. But then you guys kind of go right back down the field. I think it was Hutchins that took it in for the late second quarter touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. We, we Sometimes we get in a rhythm offensively and we're able to kind of just – continue to grind away and we hit a couple big plays but that was that if I remember right that series was kind of a um there weren't any like really big plays in there I think we had an option down the sideline maybe this I think it was eight nine yep, eight yep, nine twelve yep, thirteen yep, you know yep and then then um you know Tyler's we're trying to use him more and more as he's a he's a pretty physical runner and he's good for getting us that five six yards or down in the red zone and um we kind of added that in and we, we blocked it well and he was able to put it in but that was big you're right to be able to get that knowing I think we were getting the ball to start the second half, so to know that you could get that extra score and get the ball, yeah. And now it's it's funny, you know, they always or it's always said that you know you when you don't mention an offensive lineman, they're doing a really good job. And so, Mr. Dennis this year haven't called his name a whole lot because he's done a great thing. It's funny, probably the most snaps he's taken on defense this past Friday, correct? Yeah, he's finally getting into a situation where we can. Um, use him on defense, and, and uh, I think at the high school level he's going to be just as valuable, if not more, on that side of the ball for us than on the offensive side um, because just because of his physicality and how big he is and so and his ability to move as a big guy. So you saw some really big plays out of him, uh, and, and we're going to continue to try to use him in that regards as we move forward in here with some you know big goals ahead of us. Yeah, I mean, I got the fumble recovery for you guys. Like I said, he 
just in the backfield. Like I said, it's funny how, you know, little you notice 54 on offense because he's always out there doing his job and doing a great thing. But then when he's out there on defense for a few more plays, it's like, oh, man, he's he, he's a force to be reckoned with no matter what. And I like I said, maybe even more effective defensively because, like I said, he just has a chance to wreck every running play. Right. You know what I mean? For a team when there's that fake handoff, like he's just – when he blows up that center, it just kind of takes some things. Yeah, away. I mean, it's – I think I've always – the one lesson I learned early on, my coach, is you got to build your teams from your defensive side first, you know. And um, so having him on that side of the ball now um, makes us a lot better football team. Yeah, but now, who's someone that, that stood out to you that maybe we haven't talked about? Um, you know, I, I want to continue to sing the praise of Clay Molyneux, our kicker. Um, he had made some big defensive plays late in the game, too, and yeah, he came in yeah, a defensive yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, tough conditions. He had a handful of touchbacks. He made every extra point. Um, you know, so, you know, uh, shout out to Clay on, on the things that he was doing. Um, Jackson Dern continues to play pretty well. On, uh, you know, he played real well in offense. He blocks real well, um, you know, for not being a traditional tight end. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, Trevor Combs at right guard. I, 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 he is the smallest, most undersized guy we have on the on the line, and we have guys bigger than that that maybe should have his spot. But he continues to force us to play him because he just can, like you said, does his job. But he also he had to block that big guy on two or three, and he just came up with unique ways to do it. It wasn't traditional technique the way you do it. You know, I mean, rolling into the guy doing every kin, but he's 170 pounds blocking a 250 pound guy who's going on to play Division One football. You know, so and he got the job done two or three times. So um, Trevor continues to um, just be a good senior and you're that tough, hard-nosed high school kind of kid that you want that, you know, is not going to play, probably play football after this year and just is getting the most out of every opportunity. And and guys like that being able to fill in, like we talked about Andrew Dennis starting to go both ways. Both their tackles were really effective on both sides of the ball, but I think you could kind of see the wear and tear on them as you went into the second half, particularly you guys running the football. Yep, yep. No, I mean, that's that's football. You got your – and so uh, what with, with um, like, uh, we're getting more depth on the offensive line now. And so as we've been able to move AJ into guard, now Cal can maybe Cal and AJ can maybe rotate at guard but always be on defense. You know, so it just the depth started to create and that's one thing we've been preaching about that makes us a better football team and so um you're right. If you can if you can stay healthy into the third and fourth quarter and not be gassed out that really helps. Yeah, it's like when you, you know, I don't even want to say use them selectively, but like I said when you can bring AJ in on every third down in one play in the game. That's that's a, you know offense and defense. That's just a big deal to have that body out there. Yeah, for sure, especially in defense, especially yeah. And now Midland Dow at home, outright Saginaw Valley title, home playoff games. There's just a lot going on. It's a big big deal this Friday. It's a big game if people didn't already know. Yeah, I mean that's the point you were in, and and like the thing is, these games were going to happen one way or the other. But because we've played, that's why I keep telling you guys, because you've played well, because you've done it, you've earned the opportunity to have the hype of these kind of games so um yeah i mean this is uh this is exciting um they're a good football team they've had a great year they have a chance at the valley title if they beat us um so there's a lot right on this one and and we're it's our last home game senior night all that stuff so there's a lot going on and like you said then we got what looks like a pretty good opportunity to be in the playoffs so uh there's just a lot of things to be excited and for a coach to have a pit in your stomach about all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for people who don't remember the last time that, you know, you guys played Dow this late and there was the, you know, the, the Valley Championship on the line. Do you remember that game? Well, that was the that was the, the Josh Shell where he tipped, tipped the ball it, up in the air and it was 14-10. They were driving late in the game. 2018, I yep, think. Yep, yeah, 2018, yeah. So yeah it's been Ostrowski. a few years since this game's been this important. Dow 
Dow continues to play a really tough schedule in and out of the Valley yep, North. Yep. Let's be you know real about it. Them and Midland High are probably both going to get into the playoffs at five and four, four and five. You know, we'll see as things go forward, but it's going to be a huge game. Your kids, you know, they've talked about it. The more people that show up, the louder the crowd is, the better they play. Yeah, I mean, I have to give a huge shout-out to our student section. I mean, the weather changed, I think, caught everybody a little off guard last Friday. I mean, we knew there was a chance of rain, but what it did with 15 minutes left to go before game time uh, and then to not just pack up and leave, um, and they were there the whole night, and they were awesome. Um, we're going to need that again. It looks like bad weather again, and, and we just need all the Oilers to show the toughness and resolve that they have, whether it's our awesome cheer team or our student section or and the rest of the community. You know, I just challenge you to come out. This is a great opportunity. Our guys have earned this opportunity to play in this game, and um, the more of a home field advantage we can have in this kind of atmosphere would be really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to use Newbecker as an example. If Caleb Newbecker Friday night is cold, he's tired, he's wet in that fourth quarter, and he turns around and sees the crowd still going crazy, that's going to motivate him. That's going to motivate everybody out there. And uh, you and I have talked about this a dozen times or more about, you know, what these kids are getting out of playing high school sports. You know, they can't get in the classroom or anything. Is there – Anything you've seen last couple months, an example of that? You know, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, just kind of, you know, talk about things like that. Just trying to approach this question with you a different way because I always love your answers. Yeah, I mean, without giving specific names and examples, I can think of a lot of situations, whether it's this year or another year. I mean, I, you see it both ways. You see the unfortunate situation where maybe someone who hasn't been traditionally an athlete is going to try it and things are going pretty well and there's a grind. They have to understand there's a grind and you, you see that they're – kind of removing themselves from some of the negative influences that exist in schools sometime by being part of us and being part of this. And then maybe they can't stick it out. And now you see they're already back in that, you know, you see the power that sport gave them for, you know, a month. Those are the disappointing ones. And then you see the ones that, you know, in that same boat, they do leave those negative influences. They get part of it. They, they embrace the culture of being part of a team and all that. And it has a real positive impact on them. And I could think of both, Two examples of both of those athletes right now that have existed just in this last year with our football program, one who's still with us that um, I really think could have – other. there could be a different story if it wasn't for their daily involvement. I mean, that three to – people always talk about that three to five window every day. There's a lot of things, choices that can be made in that three to five window. We talked about how big of a, you know, dipstick I was back in <laughs> high school. And like I said, those, you know, those first two years, my freshman, sophomore year where I was playing sports – Definitely stayed out of a, a lot more. And I guess probably the, my, part of my problem might have been we had the 5.30 to practice. I still had that three to five <laughs> yeah, window. Yeah, or so, yeah. But, you know, it, yep. it's uh, the, the influence that you have, the influences, you know, Bubba has and all the other coaches on the team, and the influence that these guys end up having on each other. Yeah, guess, absolutely. Even that's that's even bigger effect. Yep. Just um, the buy-in, creating a culture, and everybody expecting that out of each other without having to say it. And, you know, the leaders lead, and the other people see that that's the way it works. And, you know – leadership is how you influence other people. So um, whether you talk it, say it, do it, whatever, but if you can influence other people, then, um, and that's what happens with athletics all the way around. And um, I, I sit in this chair because of all the things that I learned as an athlete. Yeah. Coach Mack, thanks so much for talking with me, man. Good luck to you guys Friday. All right. Appreciate it.
Thank you for listening to Spock Sports Show with Chris Spockman, sponsored locally through Barbary Law Firm. The views and opinions heard on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those views and opinions of Latitude Media. Our sponsors, affiliates, and My1043 or Buck92 Radio. Check out our website for even more podcasts from around the area. Just go to MyMichiganPodcast.com. It's podcasting that matters.